Welcome to this season two episode of the Me Sweet podcast. I'm your host, Donna Peters. I am a career coach for people who want a life, who want to live with what I call a Me Sweet mindset. Just like leaders in the C suite, we need to do three things well in our own personal lives. First, letting our personal core values guide our decisions. Second, keeping our day to day life running smoothly. And third, staying fresh and relevant for the future that we wish to have. Here, our guests balance the aspirational with the practical by sharing tips on what we can start doing differently on Monday to lead our lives with a me-sweet mindset. The number one thing I've learned is that people are amazing if you give them a chance to tell their unique stories. So let's get in there. On today's episode of The Me Suite, we are joined by Chris Moses. Chris has double decades in the HR field, and he is the founder of HR Sanity. There's a lot to that title we'll talk about in a moment. He is the author of The Sanity Game and perhaps has the best subtitle. It is Cut the Crap That Drives Employees Crazy. And I know the Me Sweet listeners are a combination of leaders and employees. Leaders are all employees themselves. So it's going to be interesting to have a conversation about cutting the crap that drives employees crazy when many of our listeners might actually be the ones doing the crazy driving. So I'm looking forward to a conversation today. Welcome, Chris Moses. Thank you very much. It's it's glad to be here. Thank you for having me. So I love to talk to authors because it means that you've done an awful lot of thinking And you've done an awful lot of distilling years and years of experiences. Before we dive in, I would like to start with what are your core values? Core values are are really interesting when it comes to HR sanity in my company. We our 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 main value is trust, but we we believe that that comes from the way that we work. We we work under the thing that we call part, which is protect accuracy, results, and timeliness. So right now, as I said, nature of sanity, it's trust. We really need to trust each other with all the data and analytics that we put together that we're, we're looking out for each other. And then through trust, we value each other. And every other possible value you can think of comes through the work. If you don't have trust, you really don't have much else. No, I think, I think without trust, you, you put more energy in a work environment. Now, it, not in my company, but when I was in corporate America, we had tens of thousands of employees. Without trust, I, I found that that so much energy was put into like preparing your defense than going into being more strategic and tactical. And then when you didn't trust anybody, you, you just gave them the, the smallest amount of information to help them out, to get them away from you, not really to help out the company or the, or the broader vision of the organization. It, it really decreased the amount of value that, a comp- that the employees would add to the companies without having that trust. Can you restate your acronym again and the four pieces of it? Oh, it's, it's PART. Uh, we, we designed this when I worked at Advanced Auto Parts, just to let you know. So we thought ah. we would have a part in our team too. I was over uh, compensation and business intelligence. Okay. The, the P stood for protect. That's the first thing that we did in our team because we were in charge of all the data when it came to paying employees, bonuses and salaries and long-term incentives. So protect data. Protect the CEO, protect the company, and protect the employees, all okay. in that order. So that was P, was to protect. A was for accuracy. Everything that left my team had to be accurate. The worst thing you can do is give something to somebody wrong the first time and give it to them right the second or third time, because then they'll never trust you again. Mm-hmm. The, the third thing was 
uh, results, that everything is linked to results. If, if, if you're working on something that has no result linked to it, then you're wasting your time. Why are you doing this? And the, the, the final thing was time, timeliness. And we always felt as though it's better to protect the data and be accurate than be on time. Uh, it's better to be late and right than early and wrong. Yeah. People appreciate that. If you go to somebody and say, here's the stuff, you ask for 10 o'clock, it's 10 o'clock, here it is, and it's wrong, they will not trust you anymore. Mm-hmm. If you say, hey, I'll have it to you at 11 o'clock, I just want to double check things, and it's right, then they'll say, that's fine, I can, I can wait an hour. It is rare in corporate America or pretty much any company, unless you're in the middle of some war or something crazy, that you can't give another hour to make sure that it's right. Yeah. And that's really what you, you owe to your customers is things being right. It's also true that the moment you put a number out into the universe, you can never, ever get it back. That's correct. Yeah. And, and we see that an awful lot these days. Yeah. You get burned by that one time and you'll never do it again. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I remember early in my career, we were talking before this call about my experience at Home Depot. And I remember that I put together this analysis on how we're going to repay people differently and change how we're going to do things and how we're going to staff the stores. We're going to save $190 million. And we went up to the CEO, Bob Nardelli at the time, and, and said, Bob, this is, look, we're going to save $190 million, which is a lot of money. And uh, Bob looked at it for a couple minutes and said, nope, this is wrong. And, and we kind of bowed our heads. <laughs> and then my boss, who looked at Bob and he said, you know, Bob, you're right. It's my fault. Wow. I made the mistake. Let's go fix it. And we left and, I'm like, and we left and I'm like, why did you do that? And him as a leader said, well, it really is my fault. I didn't really look at it. I just assumed because you're always right that you're right. And that was oh. kind of a lesson to me that, well, one, you can't let your employees just go out there by themselves with these big numbers just because you trust them. You, you need to trust them, but you need to double check, trust but mm-hmm. verify. And then if you don't do it and it screws up, then it really is your fault as a leader for not going through and, and helping that employee to make sure that the stuff is accurate. Yeah, it's a beautiful example of the P, protect, right? Protect. I got your employees. back. Yeah, yeah, you can cover for me. I didn't yeah, get fired. I still was there. <laughs> that's amazing. So you're getting a little bit into uh, some of the examples of cut the crap that drives employees crazy. I would love for you to talk, teach me and the listeners about... You were writing this before the pandemic, and then the pandemic has occurred. How do you think the same and or differently now about what is the crap that drives employees crazy? Is it changing? What are they? And how do we not have that happen? I I think what's what's happening right now, what's driving employees crazy is the unknown. And it's not just Mm -hmm. like the unknown of the pandemic, but it's the unknown of of the vision of the leader. You know, where, where there's no vision, it's not communicated, your people kind of like dry up and go away. They, they don't know what to do. And then it, then it also comes with the work product. You as a leader, and here's what's, and a leader is an employee of some sort, even as a CEO, you're still an employee, mm-hmm. is now in, instead of having that friendly employee who brings you an apple every day, who has that halo effect that you just love that employee, they're such a nice person. Now you're not interacting with them, you're looking directly at their work. Yeah. And their work may not be as good as you thought it was when you had that personal relationship with them. And I mm-hmm. think personal relationships are wonderful. I don't, I'm not hacking them at all. But it's going to start teaching people that we really need to look at the work and is it as good as I think it is. Mm-hmm. And I, I've seen it where I've, I, being in HR, you see performance management all the time. 
Whereas somebody who's who people just don't like, they're just a grumpy person, maybe, but they're one hundred percent accurate. Actually, in my in my book, I, I mention uh, a person who who's worked for me for years. She still works for me. She's over a decade, uh, and and she is not friendly. <laughs> but I tell you what, if I give her something, I have it in the morning and it is right. Do I want yeah. friendly and wrong or somebody who just wants to do their job, be left alone and they're right? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't need a friendly surgeon. No, no. I, I, I remember one of, one of uh, the authors that I like, I put a plug in for Larry Wing, he wrote in his book, do you want the nicest heart surgeon mm. who's 75% right or you want the meanest, ugliest heart surgeon that's 100% right? Got it. I think I take the hundred <laughs> percent. It's interesting how this this uh, this pandemic is really opening up this whole can of worms of of our feeling, thoughts, and our performance mm-hmm. all in all in one short period of time. So, Chris, inside Sanity Game, cut the crap that drives employees crazy. What is the crap? The, the crap is really how you how you treat each other. It's that low emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. When you, when you have low, when, when organizations fail, they don't fail because of employee behavior. They fail because of low emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. And, and the book is broken up into three sections to focus on that. The first part is facts. What are the facts? Next tech section is finesse. How do you finesse the facts? And the third section is fun. Without fun, you're just not going to not enjoy your job. Every job can be fun. I think that the, the book is really written for those people who haven't figured it out, that push those employees away, that help their their employer perish, uh, that, that think that loyalty is about the leader. Because loyalty, I think, mm. really is about the, the leader's visions and those values. So this is interesting. If facts, finesse, and fun. Facts, I could think, are probably staying consistent, standard, true through the way we have to work in the pandemic, but finesse and fun may be the most negatively impacted. Is that a fair diagnostic? I, I think it's it's your environment. It's, it's what you want it to be. I, I'm invited four times a week, probably, to mm-hmm. happy hour on Zoom. Yeah. Is you it happy? Can, I, I, I don't go to them, but I've been to <laughs> okay. a couple. Okay. But I, but I, I, I find that, that if that's how you're going to have fun, that's how you're going to have fun. And Mm -hmm. and finessing is really, how do you finesse the message? You need Mm -hmm. to get it to people so they understand it. Mm -hmm. Telling people about the pandemic, can you finesse it a little bit differently so they understand to make sure that they're protecting themselves and their families? Is the finessing more back to the comment you made about emotional intelligence? Yeah, it's it's really emotional intelligence. How do you connect with that person? Yeah, yeah, I understand. I was getting intrigued by your book and your concept because... I am an employee. I've been an employer. I am sometimes the direct report, sometimes the leader. And I thought, well, what if I turn the tables on myself? What is it that I am doing that drives other people crazy rather than what are companies doing that drive employees crazy? Am I making sense? I, th- I think so. I think you're yeah. making sense. It basically like hold the mirror up, I guess. It's hold the mirror up. Interesting. and and. You're an employee. You are. You're a leader. Your boss. You're accountable to somebody, and you're mm-hmm. you're always an employee to the customer. And when when you're inside the organization, I think one of the biggest flaws that I see, at least in leadership, mm-hmm. is when you when you teach your employees to be loyal to you. When people are loyal to you, 
the first thing they want to not do is hurt you. Okay. When they don't hurt you, then you're, you, you put a wall up. You've stopped. They're not talking to you anymore. I, oh. in, the book, in the book, I say you need to stab from the front. People will, will stab from the back and tell 10 people their problems before they go to the person being you the boss. Mm. And if they're loyal to you, they don't want to hurt you. So they're not going to talk to you. They're going to talk to 10 people and see how to talk to you. That really slows down the organization. It, it slows down the relationship. It slows down the trust. With my team, the first thing I tell people when they, when they join the company or when they join my team in the past is, I want you to be honest with me. Feedback is, is the breakfast of champions. If I'm upsetting you, <laughs> if something doesn't jive, if I'm doing something crazy, just come to me. Stab me from the front. I'm not going to fire you. Nobody gets fired for giving feedback to their boss, but mm-hmm. they're paid to. And, that, mm-hmm. and, and, and what happens is teachers teach loyalty that you don't, you don't do things to upset me. I think that the companies are better when you upset them. Interesting. I love this concept of stab from the front. Feedback's a daily thing. Mm-hmm. What do you do good tomorrow? What do you do yesterday? What, you know, what did you do wrong? And you, you think of like all the great leaders of the world. In today's environment, the, the leaders that are quoted today came from nothing. They're known mm-hmm. for coming from nothing. Like, uh, what was it? Uh, Gandhi was a small businessman. You know, Martin mm-hmm. Luther King was a preacher. But they opened their, their lives to feedback. And the reason mm-hmm. they became who they are is because people felt free and mm. oh, they could trust that they could give them feedback to help them become better. They, they didn't yeah. just walk out of the office and say, oh, I'm going to do these great things. They had thousands of people that gave them feedback, positive and negative. Mm-hmm. And they absorbed it and became better. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of coming up with the word humility in my mind. Humility, sure. Yeah, when you share those examples. I love these little mnemonic devices you have, things that are really easy to remember that kind of help us check ourselves after we've read the book, like stab from the front. What other ones do you have like that? Stab from the front? Uh, well, that's, that's my favorite one. I always, yeah. I always tell my kids to do that. And they're, they're very good at it, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've always heard if you really, really want feedback, have a teenager. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, uh, I think that the, the first chapters, um, uh, you know, Anger management—that's uh, important. How you how you handle that? Um, oh, the, one of my one of my favorite ones. It, it, it's a it's a bird as a plane knows a nuclear bomb coming your way. Nuclear bombs happen in companies generally at the lowest levels, and they shut down organizations. Mm. You look for those nuclear bombs and prepare for them. And and the reason they come and they they destroy a company is because you didn't prepare, you didn't train, you didn't practice. And one of my favorite things to do when I go to clients and I talk to a CEO. I'm sitting in their office. I say, who's your payroll manager? And they'll say, uh, if they know, they know. If they don't, they will look it up. Send them an email and tell them that you want the W-2s of your top 15 people that report to your organization and see if they give it to you. If they give it to you, you're the problem. Oh, Because they don't trust to call you to say, are you serious? Because you're the CEO. Why would you look at that stuff? It's, you pay people to look at that stuff. <laughs> and the reason I do that is, is there's this huge phishing network and companies get shut down because they, the fishers go to the payroll manager with the CFO name. It looks like the CFO and says, hey, oh. I want all the W-2s. We'll see if I can look at that. And I, I, I know of a company locally that lost 7,000 W-2s, shut the company down for weeks. Wow. And, and, and the reason they, they, they did that, the culture was at the top of the house. You didn't really mess with those people. You didn't, mm-hmm. you didn't question them. You mm-hmm. just gave them what they wanted. So the payroll manager just gave them what they wanted. They yeah. never practice what happens if a CFO or CEO wants you to send this 
really yeah. confidential data. So I, I encourage all CEOs or CFOs or head of HRs, send that email. I mm. want everybody's W-2s because it's all their personal information. And if it comes back and they say, here it is, then you failed as a leader because you didn't yeah. train those people to talk to you. It's not their fault. Oh, your example is making my stomach hurt. Go <laughs> <laughs> well, look this it is, up on Google. There's this lots. is stressful. And then, yeah. but then if they come back and they call you up and say, are you sure you want this? Did you request mm-hmm. this? Then, then you have the right person in the job who's been trained. Don't fire yeah. the person, train them. They're doing oh. what they think is right. Yeah, I love that example too. So I've, I've learned uh, stab from the front. I've learned watch out for the nuclear bomb. What else would you like to teach me? <laughs> okay, so another thing that, I, that I, I, I like a lot is feeling from your success. So many people steal from their own success. They do it purposely, but they're not thinking about it. When I walk through cubicle farms and you look at the computer, how many people are doing work compared to how many people are looking at ESPN, uh, Zappos, Google, whatever, YouTube, all those time wasters or Facebook. People spend so much time on social media, Mm -hmm. shopping and news, things that doesn't even matter. I would say that not including the election, but most of the news that's out mm-hmm. there, who cares? Mm. No, nobody. I, I mean, it's it's nice that some 10-year-old kid saved a duck from the middle of the road, but that doesn't help your job out. But it took 10 minutes out of your day. Yeah. Then add, let's say you spend two hours a day on things that have nothing to do with your job. And this is in addition to a lunch and a break and everything else that you're normally given. Yeah. Two hours, five days a week. That's 10 hours a week mm-hmm. times 50 weeks is 500 hours. Divide that by 40. Now you have over 10 weeks of vacation you spent on your computer doing things that add no value to your life. Mm. Stop stealing from your future. Pick up a book. Listen to a podcast. Mm. As we're talking, my employees love podcasts. That's how we yeah. were introduced. It's These are things that can help you out. And every time you do it, you're stealing from your future. You're also stealing mm. from the company. Yeah, that's interesting. What what is the symptom of that then? Do you think that some of that has to do with just lack of engagement at work or people not raising the hand to take on the next tier of accountability? I think it goes with a lot of things that we already talked about. One, not hurting the boss. So you've got Mm. something in your brain, you want to talk to your boss about something, but you can't think through it. So you go do something else to let your brain get free. Mm -hmm. And and then there's, I I think, just not focused. People mm-hmm. lose focus. And I, I'm not a psychiatrist, psychologist, or anything. This is Chris Moses' only thoughts. I, uh-huh. I don't pretend that I'm a doctor. I, I just think people just get bored. Yeah. And, and when they get bored of doing a job, like, let's say you're working on an Excel file. So you go over to the internet and then you, then you get sucked in there because yeah. there's, there's so much recognition in, in these games and, and these internet sites because it makes a ding or makes noise every time you do something. You're like, oh, they're rewarding me. Let mm-hmm. me get another one. So you just get sucked in. Yeah, You need to find a way to, to not get sucked in. It reminds me in the Me Suite, one of our mantras is stay fresh and relevant for the future that you want to have. And you're identifying moments that are lost. These lost moments that were not doing things to help you stay fresh and relevant for the future you want to have. They were just basically time sucks and diversions, I would argue. There's a, and there's a lot of, and, and I think everybody's guilty of it. I've yeah, of been course. guilty of it where I've wasted 30 minutes of my day reading about something that you know means nothing to me. This Today, uh, you know, I was just reading about 
Meghan Markle and Prince Harry and how mm-hmm. they're on Netflix. How is that going to help my job? It's not, but you know what? <laughs> I know they're on Netflix. So, yeah. <laughs> what a waste. Yeah. Well, thank you for the vulnerable example. I will come clean that mine is sometimes cat videos. Oh, wow. And there's lots of those. <laughs> we talked about uh, chapter seven also. Would you like to highlight one more? I think, I think one more. We talked about stabbing from the front. This may go a little bit. Uh, chapter 13 is called Permission Granted. Okay. And I found that a lot of times employees aren't direct with their bosses mm. and aren't direct with their employees because nobody gave them permission to do that. Mm. So since you didn't say, it's, it's okay to talk to me. It's, it's okay to go above my head yeah. to somebody else if you need help. Because they don't have the permission, they hold back. You know, give the permission. When, when you give the permission, you have that trust. Your team's going to be rock stars. They're, they're all going to want to excel and be promoted. Is there somebody in your work history that modeled that behavior for you? I think there's been a, a number of people mm-hmm. who, from the the top house to, to the to the bottom. Like I, I had a CEO once who uh, I was a director, so I was multiple levels down from the CEO. Who just walked to my office one day to talk about bonus plans. Mm-hmm. Every other CEO would always go down to command and control, and I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. And he just he didn't care, and, and I think that's how he led his life through mm-hmm. through corporate America. Is just I got to do what's right for me at the time to take care of the company and waiting for an answer from four levels down and command and control isn't what I want to do. I just want to go straight to the source. Yeah. That's interesting as an example too in the time of COVID because we can't walk the halls and just pop in someone's office. I I wonder how that is impacting transparency and breaking down the hierarchy. I think think it's the one thing COVID I think has impacted is Mm -hmm. building more of the real relationships. It's more business speak now. Everybody has an instant messenger on their computer and they right. email. And you, you spend more time crafting the right email for your senior leadership team than just walking down the hall and talking to them. Talking uh-huh. to them took three minutes. Crafting the email took 33 minutes. Mm-hmm. Don't want to say the wrong thing. You don't want to be granted correct you don't, or incorrect. You don't want to have the comma in the wrong place. It's easier to speak. And I think COVID has, has slowed that down, which has added a little bit of stress to, to some people. Oh, interesting. In the me suite, I like to end by asking guests, help us get practical things that we can start doing differently on Monday. Do you have advice for listeners? One of the most practical things, easiest things to do that people stopped doing years ago mm. was just sending a thank you note. It's, it's so easy. There's, there's great leaders out there. There's Frank Blake from Home Depot who'd come in every Sunday and send tons of thank you letters to the employees and associates who received feedback from customers. And getting a thank you letter from the CEO is a big thing. Doug Condit from Campbell Soup did the exact same thing for years. He turned it, the whole culture around. He saved the company through thank you letters. I remember I sent a thank you letter years ago. It was, it was to a call center. They was at our company. They did such a great job. And I, sent, I, I always send thank you letters all the time. Mm-hmm. Thinking nothing of it, six months later, I walked down and I see my thank you letter in this lady's cubicle, just uh-huh. displayed, tacked up on the tacked up on the wall. felt wall. Yeah, and I'm like, what? "Wow, you have my letter there." And she's like, "Oh, you're the one who sent it." Because I never saw her face to face, right? And then, and and we had a good talk, and and she <laughs> said she always likes to put things up there that make her happy. So why not make somebody happy? It doesn't take a lot to thank somebody, and you're not mm-hmm. like lowering your standards. Like, oh, if I thank people, I lose my leadership. You grow your leadership. 
exact opposite. When I go to a meeting with a new client or, or meet with somebody for lunch, mm-hmm. first thing I do when I come back is I send them a thank you note to thank them for their time. They took time out of their day yeah. to meet with me about my issues or, or my wanting to sell them something. Mm-hmm. Why shouldn't I spend two minutes to thank them for doing that? It, it does, it's not hard. You have to think hard about it. Just pretend you're on the phone. Hey, thanks for doing this. It was a great meeting with you. Here's what I liked about the conversation. Yeah. That was same day or whatever you want to say. Yes, I love these really practical examples. How can people find out more about you and find the book, The Sanity Game? So the, the company website is hrsanity.com. Okay. Then if, if you want to find the book, the book is at you know, Barnes & Noble and Amazon. But it's also, if you want... If you want to send an anonymous copy or buy, I can send you a handwritten guy, send you a thank you note too. Uh, <laughs> copy, you go to the website, thesanitygame.com. Okay. The website was actually set up because when I, when I had written the book and I had a number of people look at it, they all said, I know somebody who should read this book. Okay. I said, oh, that's interesting. What, do, will you give them a copy? And the answer was no. And that's because they don't have the staff for the front mentality. I said, well, what if I sent them a copy? And they said, as long as you don't put my name on it. So I set the website up okay. so that you could push a button and anonymously send a book to whoever the heck you want to send it to. Oh, interesting. Then you can actually send a postcard with it too that tells a message with the book, probably on why you're sending the book. Friendly ones from, from one sane person to another to not so friendly ones. We'd like to invite you to the world of sanity. Going to your site and selecting a book that you want gifted anonymously is a form of feedback. It is. I feedback guess. is a breakfast of champions. Oh, this is very interesting. Well, I, I did enjoy reading it and I did get a lot of nuggets out of it. And I do think it's very timely to be thinking about in whatever this return to work looks like. I would like to thank you for joining us in the Me Suite. Chris Moses, everybody, the author of Sanity Game, Cut the Crap That Drives Employees Crazy. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. It was a great time. to the podcast and give us five stars if you like what you're hearing and learn more about the me suite career coaching and professional development at themesuite.com it's the dash me dash suite.com suite is spelled like executive suite this is donna peters and i thank you for having me in your ear right now find me on linkedin facebook and twitter the me suite a source of power for the life-minded